Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to check out member-exclusive offers during Military Appreciation Month. Or share your shout-out using hashtag MissionMilitaryThanks. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. It's the only other place I get off an airplane, and I, I feel comfortable. It's San Diego. Like when I love soon it. As you step out of there, I, it's, there's something to the there energy. There's energy. There's serious. And, like, you just feel Maybe it. that's I, why it's so expensive to live there, because it's like living in a wonderland. You know, you got the ocean, the mountains, everything. Yeah, well, it's condensed. limited supply, for sure. That's a shame. I never thought it. It was a lot of fun back in the day. And I say back in the day, it wasn't that long ago with us. I mean, it was. I guess we were at the end of the fun time. They've ruined that fucking place. I know. Just fucking ruined it. Right? Ruined it. Uh, That's too bad. Brainwashing, educational, just a goddamn disaster. A disaster. So anyways, man, finished up uh, graduate work out there and was had some entrepreneurial endeavors. And we were thinking about going to the Austin area, not in Austin, but uh, Travis County. And then I had an executive role lined up here at a, Apache Industrial, so we, which is in Houston. So we took a fork to Houston, and we're looking for a place just to rent. The rental market wasn't that great. So we were like, okay, well, what's available? And just kind of looked all the way out. My, my wife likes spring, and that's how I ended up there. That's a good spot, like kind of right in the middle. you still close enough to get away? And Where'd y'all meet? Is she a Texas girl? Nope. She's a military brat. We met when I was a... Uh, She's a straight-up brat? <laughs> like a real one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Dad, where'd, y'all, where'd y'all meet? At we met Bragg? when I was at Bragg. Her dad's 24-year Marine, three-time national champion, uh, shooting champion, both pistol and long gun. Deadliest dude down here, right? <laughs> you went after that one? He <laughs> <laughs> went after that trophy, huh? <laughs> While you were at Bragg, was he with June? Yeah. Oh, man. We'll talk about Bragg later. I, I, uh, I was there, too. 24-year Marine. Yeah, great dude. This is how hey, this is how this podcast goes, man. We're just getting in here, getting to know each other. I didn't, we didn't know that you lived. Yeah, I no told worries. Him. No, I told Morgan him. knew. I did. I told him. <laughs> I told him. I told that motherfucker right there. I'll take responsibility for something he dropped the ball on. <laughs> it's all good. We're, we got you here now, man. No, oh, yeah, it's easy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. Got a brand new episode in store for you guys today. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. But before we do, let's jump into our Patreon question of the day. We got a question here. It says, if you had 24 hours to do anything you wanted, no rules, what's it going to be? You can't talk about that crap. That's, that's like a loaded question, dude. No way you can talk about that online. <laughs> so you have to walk the line. Consider- what's your PG answer? PG answer. You don't have to. I mean, I'll let you go all the way, but hell no. <laughs> Repeat the question one more time. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to hear that in the form of a, <laughs> a question. question. <laughs> you got 24 hours. Do anything you guys want to do. No rules. What's it going to be? You don't get in trouble? Nope. No trouble. No rules. No judgment. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what it's going to entail. Some of the things that we're going to need. Hang gliding. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Maybe some of flying, like being able to the ability to fly. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need hand grenades, no doubt. Uh, things for tripwire. Something that drives real <laughs> fast. <laughs> yep. Wheels and air. Something really cool to look at at all times. 
I can think that. Yeah, I, most kind of. I think all of our own mindset is on some sort of purge. <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. Purge. We'll just leave it. Purge. At that. Sounds good. Well, thanks for the question. We can't. We can't give you the full answer there because. Man, that's deep. Can we that's come back to that? Yeah. Like, we'll circle back. <laughs> what a thought, I've had time to think about your thought-provoking question. question. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so, hey, like, if you... something was coming down right now, and it was, we only had twenty-four hours to, to get something to live, kind yeah. of deal. Not live. Oh, just to get something. We, we just was... do anything you want to do without getting in trouble. I shouldn't change the question. I'm sorry. Dylan's <laughs> more because living's different. Because yeah, exactly. Twenty-four hours to live. <laughs> I'd be sitting on the couch with my wife and kids and all my buddies around me watching yeah. football. Doing this right now. Yeah, I'd probably be doing the same thing, actually. No but sense. 24 hours to just do anything purge style purge. probably be a I'm little going bit with different. Purge. Yeah, going with yeah. purge style. If you want to ask your question, head over to patreon.com slash team never quit. You can join us. You can get exclusive access to the show, some behind the scenes footage, hang out with the guys, all kind of other stuff. We got a great guest in store for you guys today. Andrew Marr is a husband, father, retired special forces, Green Beret, Warrior Angels Foundation chairman and co-founder, and the best-selling co-author of Tales from the Blast Factory. Andrew, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. Bro, welcome. Yep. Been a while. You know, because you and I met on the phone like in 14, I think. Yeah, Somehow 14, 15, something like that. Our paths crossed. It was in the TBI game. It was in the TBI just game. just figuring out uh, you're, what are all different modalities and what are out there. Your bio doesn't do it justice, man. Let's, uh, let's commu- you know, communicate because at that time, shit, like you didn't know. Like it was a big mystery. You know, why are all operators just falling off the deep end like nobody had a, a clue about it and uh so we were all looking for different answers and modalities and ways to regain some sense of normalcy and you've been living in that space for a while and that space is changing quite mm-hmm. a bit which we'll get into later because you and i have been spending some time testifying in front of some committees about treatments for veterans we have with cognitive instabilities Nonetheless, let's rewind the tape a little bit. And I love having you here because I'm a bastard, right? So I'm a, I'm a Delta. <laughs> okay. Are you an Echo? No, I was a Charlie. Charlie? Twice. Logistics that was and probably explosives, one of the boys. Hard, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? You're A-team. Here you go. Right? It is set up pretty cool the way y'all do it. I didn't know anything about it. But um, back then, it was miserable going through it in, in, in the beginning, trying mm-hmm. to get used to all that. But like once you, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Looking back at it, because especially when we would deploy, because I could just walk in and look around. If I, if when we do interops, y'all, I, I would just, you know, if I had that qual, you know how it does. It's like having a cousin in a different family, mm-hmm. like two mafias, and like, well, you know, these two are kind of had to go through the same shit. Because those schools suck. So when you, now, now that we're out here, I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, I was a bastard my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Felt right at home. <laughs> yeah, right at home, man. <laughs> no, this is nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I'm glad you're out here. That, that's cool. We're fortunate enough to get a lot of the SF guys out here to tell their stories and whatnot. But yours, yours translate in a wholly, totally different direction. I mean, you, you had, how many years with total service? Uh, just under 10. But it's, in my opinion, it's what you did afterwards mm-hmm. that catapulted you into, man, continuing to serve, but a lifesaver. Because you're in multiple books. Your your book, what you authored, was Blast Factory. What was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, Tales from the Blast Tales Factory. Tales from Factory. But I've got, I've got a book name, that you... I mean, literally. Yeah. Great name. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Which got turned into the film "Quiet Explosions." So healing, I'm not as healing, with that name. healing the brain. I'm not impressed with that as with that name as I am with uh, "Tales from the Last." No, that's Rack got a good cast in it too. That's yeah. that's like a comic book long, series. I didn't know that. I, I saw that this morning. When did that come out? Oh, that just came out. I came out uh, that released on Veterans Day uh, last year. Last so yeah, 2020. Uh, so there. Yeah, wow, we were we were working on that for about two and a half years. Give us some uh, completely independently funded, the whole thing, and it is it is a stellar Hollywood. Give production. us a little, us a little background on it. Well, um, my man, the the manuscript for my book got uh, somehow it got out to L.A. and you know one of these award winning uh, directors got a hold of it, and she's like, we've got to turn this into a film, and I was like, I'm not interested in anything entertainment wise, um, but uh, you know it needs to be educational and inspirational at the same time. Um, because man, when like those who don't know my background, we can go through it later. 
But when I was just in uh, the dark night of the soul, I remember watching some documentaries on head trauma, you know, dealing with people in the NFL and wrestling. And they were just like, you know, CTE, they're like, there's no, there's, there's no coming back from this. Once this stuff starts, dementia sets in in about 10 years, and you're just a ticking time bomb, you know? And my life is spinning out of control, and I'm watching this, and I'm just crying because I'm thinking, man, like, they're saying life's over, and, you know, there's, there's nothing to do. So, so fast forward, man, like we got on the other side of it and it was my brother who pushed me to say, hey man, we need, you need to write a book to tell your story. It's really about the, the principles of resiliency um, was what the book was about and through my story, through coming on the other end of a traumatic brain injury or injuries. So she got the, the manuscript and she said, hey, we need to turn this into a movie. I went out there to LA to meet the director and we just hit it off. It felt right to me. And um, we said, let's make it happen. Let's talk about that story because I had similar... Usually when people when we when we tell those stories we glaze over that part. Mm -hmm. That's a whole adventure in itself. Yeah, going to Hollywood. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was like, man, you got a great life. Should we back this up to like how we got into this? Because when you get to Hollywood, when I say that, I'm like, yeah, you know, then went to Hollywood. But there's the every day there, <laughs> yeah. and I know you had a good time too, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's the when you're going in the way we are. Mm -hmm. So please, yeah, keep going. You, you, you came into Hollywood to. Well, that, that was it. I mean, we had talked on the phone and I was familiar with her work and uh, she had done some good stuff specifically in the health space and working with, you know, prominent, prominent scientists and clinicians. And so I said, OK, this is seemed like the right person to to be to take and drive this the ship, so to speak. So, you know, that was the start uh, of there. And it was just me and her at first and we me and her and then uh, my uh, partner, Mark Gordon, our medical director. Uh, the three of us brought every person that you see in that film, which is a, a stellar cast, uh, is through our contacts. We funded the whole thing and got it up and, and, and running. And it's changing lives because it's showing all the latest and greatest modalities that are out there to identify and treat head injuries, uh, you know, psychological symptomatology that stems from that that people don't really understand is you don't have an emotional problem what you have is a brain health problem but here's some things that we can do about it here's the science to back it up here's 10 unique stories from nfl super bowl mvps to special forces operators to everyday accountants and everybody has a similar story rock bottom looks the same for everybody but here's what we can do about it and here's the other side of that. That's the first time that I know of that that's ever been done and pushed out like that way. And the great point is that people need to understand that, that the injury itself is relative, but that it, we speak on veterans because we're, we were operators in, in the Special Forces community, but after the fact, the injury, once it's internal, is relative to everybody, and that documentary shows, as you said, the accountant walking down the street. I think there was a young lady in there. was a car wreck. Yeah, uh, car, car accidents, uh, rape victims, uh, you name it. And you know what I mean? So everyone needs to take a hard look at that. Just if you're in, in you have that happening inside your family. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal film. We've won just countless awards. You know, it was right during, uh, what do you, the film festival, you know, yeah. last year when, uh, right when COVID hit. Congratulations, so, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And like, so we had to cancel all those, but every film festival that we actually went in and entered, we won not just best documentary, but best film. Like, oh. not like one for two, like every one. <laughs> it was awesome. It's got a great, great reception. Give us a little background on how you created your foundation, Warrior Angels, and then how you met Dr. Gordon. Why mm -hmm. all that came about? Yep. Yeah, well, like we were talking earlier, boys, I grew up in Texas. And if you grew up in Texas, well, I don't know about you guys, but football was a main staple of my life growing what up. What does that so. mean? What does that mean? <laughs> was that a shot? Yeah. That like a That's shot. no shot, man. Sounded like a shot. Like, we don't have football <laughs> we're from. I don't know how you guys did it. We played tennis. We were little. Anyway, go ahead. Continue the <laughs> I was thinking like croquet or something. <laughs> That's awesome. You were probably born. We have day. football, damn it. <laughs> okay, so there's football down. Uh... <laughs> Grew up. That was my my life's passion was playing football. We were at uh, so two, what town though? Grapevine. We're two time state champion football team. So uh, Texans. Most everyone outside of Texas won't know that there's that when you get into Texas, like we all say we're from Texas when we're even when we're overseas. That's the difference between being a sure. Texan and American. They're like, hey, we from like America. Yep. Texans will all automatically be. 
Texan but, flags in everybody's locker, uh, right? right? Yeah, yeah, that transcends. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And then, but when you get inside of here, then there's north, south, east, and west. There's also central. Mm -hmm. There's the heartland. And if you claim to be from one place and you're not, you can hear it in their voice. Like as oh, soon as they yeah. spike up. Completely different. They might as well be different West states. Different state. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the West Texas boys when they come rolling. You we know exactly who they we are. We don't discriminate if someone outside the state's talking to a group of people from inside the state. We're Texans. Yeah, no, it's the best time when we get together. Yeah. It is, 100%. Except for we're talking about football. <laughs> so now I'm a transplant and I'm down in the Houston area, but uh, it's all good. So the point I'm making is like we grew up, our generation, man, banging our head against the fucking wall, <laughs> like not, oh, like nonstop. And as counterintuitive as it sounds, never did it cross my mind that that could be deleterious to somebody's health. <laughs> you know, like getting your bell bell rung, that was just common. That was a common thing. Like no big deal. Like multiple times during a practice, that would happen. I went on to play college ball, and. Uh, and then after I uh, finished my undergrad, I enlisted, much to my parents' uh, chagrin, uh, to go into SF. So my entire life as a, you know, full contact athlete, then right into the special operations world. Which was what year? Uh, this is 2006. Yeah, so 2006 through 2015 uh, was my time. So uh, I went in right into SF and uh, got through the course um, 18 Charlie, so dealt with uh, logistics and explosives, like we were talking earlier. I was a senior breacher for my team. So just like you guys, like everybody know, who don't know out there, to become proficient at something, you have to do it over and over and over again. And during the day, during the night, you know, in the worst kinds of conditions, so you can be proficient at that when doing it in real life. All right, so explosives were no different. I mean, so, so think about it. That's crazy, right? Right. We're talking about explosives. Like, yeah. You're supposed to be around one of them in a lifetime. To get proficiency, that's a that's probably one of the best ways I've ever that's heard. That's a great point. Yeah. Life. So yeah. hundreds, if not thousands, individually hey, between the three of us, yeah, well, we gotta, we've been yeah. on the receiving end. You know what yeah. I mean? Some guys have broken it down. Thousands, right? Low level, but that's like those low, like what we're now understanding about the uh, the NFL. Those sub concussive blows over time add up, and they can be disastrous potentially. Magnify that times a thousand and put that into the realm of the operator who's there with an explosive blast wave propagating in 360 degrees, and that energy is moving and filling up every air filled organ in the body, racking it around back and forth, which by definition, every one of those is a traumatic brain injury. And that is what we call Tuesday. So it's like in the Tuesday team. morning. <laughs> yeah, it's basically getting the hardest hit you can find on, on YouTube in the watching NFL hits. Yeah. The, the best one, the collapser, right? Happening every day. Yep. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I always bring that point to people's attention. Like look, the, the blast was just the initiation of the game because then you either get in a gunfight, you get knocked down, knocked out, end to hand to hand combat. You usually have around ten to twelve concussions in any given scenario, mm -hmm. and that could be training. It might even be worse than training because they training's worse. <laughs> it's harder. Hell, we probably came back from that, and our names have been separated. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like which one am I? <laughs> Because you don't think about that. And then when we go down to fire the just our munitions, mm -hmm. like the Gustav round, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you got to take all those things into account. Jumping, you know, uh, jujitsu or uh, Muay Thai. Normal just range range days, you know, shoot thousands of rounds, right? Or with your heavy, heavy machine guns, stuff like that. Gustavs, RPGs, you know, uh, all things like that. So those, those uh, jumping, you know, all those things add up over time. 
So for me, when I got back from what was my last deployment in 2013, not a scratch on my body. I am, you know, the uh, in peak physical condition. I'm in the actual absolute prime of my life. I have never had any issues in my entire life with anything. I've just run through everything, every goal I had, boom, I knocked it out. Congratulations. <laughs> and then I, I say that to paint the contrast here of how things drastically changed. And it was about six months after I got back from that trip that things started to drastically change for me. And none of it made any sense to me because I'm not missing a limb. I'm not missing an eye. There's not a scratch on my body, and yet I'm starting to have all these new problems. And of course, I'm not talking about it because why would I talk about any problems that I'm having if I can't identify what's causing them? And so it started with just okay. Being, so what is that? Yeah. What is what? I I, I completely understand that. that. That that's the part we stretch over too. Like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Have we identified that part? Yeah. Like, there's something new going on. I noticed that too. Well, that's a culture thing. It, yeah, problems we, we we don't suffer from problems in the military that people civilians because they take care of it. So when we get out, we have the problems that most everyone else. I get those, right? But then there's the ones where it's just like, man, that don't even make sense. Mm -hmm. So it can't be a problem. But if it keeps showing up and I don't know how to deal with it, and what, what what is that? If it's not a problem, is it a situation that I can either get in or get out of? That's my I think question. we're trying to get. Like, I think we're trying to get. Uh, I just I, all I can give you is my experience. I think I'm well, trying no, no, to no, gather my point more data. Is, yeah. is like how do you if, when the guys are going through it now? Like the younger, like everyone that, who have to go through that, when they're going through it, they don't know. That's a culture thing. You have to change the culture. Yeah, right? Well, I, you can't, I, if yeah. You, there's no label for it, that means it can't be identified. But everyone, if it, those guys have to go through it, then if you can't say or label it, then how do we explain what they're going through? So this is what we've been, I think, working so hard, probably in tandem for the last five, five or six years, is to give a voice and real experiences from people who are respected and who have been through it, that when they talk, people will listen. And maybe, maybe, hopefully, it will resonate with some, some of the guys. Um, so I think, I think we'll answer that question, uh, Marcus, like indirectly. But because, you know, you're trying to understand, hey, man, like, shit, there's new problems. I don't know why they're happening. And I don't want them to happen. My life's purpose at that time was to be a Green Beret. I was living my life's purpose. I'm married to the woman of my dreams. We have the family we always wanted. I didn't want anything else. And all I wanted to do is fix these deficiencies and get back to work. That's it. And so, of course, like you notice something out of the ordinary, you're not going to say anything because you're trying to figure out, well, what, what is this about? I think it'll just work itself out. So complete lack of energy. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, big deal. Like you got to be a high energy dude to run in these circles. And all of a sudden, I was just completely drained 24-7. Then all of my libido out the window. I'm like 32, 33 at the time. Come back from that trip, can no longer be with my wife. And her response is either you don't love me or there's somebody else. Because she couldn't fathom, like, you know, what is, she's an attractive. But, you know, what, what, is, what is the deal with you? So now, you know, I'm dealing with that. Now I start to lose, like, my mind, literally. Like, all my cognitive abilities started to go by the wayside. Memory, gone. Ability to, uh, to use my executive functioning to make decisions to react appropriately in social situations, gone. Lost c complete control of all my emotions. Became depressed and anxiety. Would have panic attacks in public, in the weight room, at home in front of my children. And I just start crying uncontrollably and I couldn't stop it. And I couldn't understand like why it was happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I really started to think that I'm going crazy now. And the only thing, I had this like this fist coming through my stomach at, at all times. It was just like working its way through. And the only thing that I could do to like just quiet that down was to drink. And I started drinking heavily uh, at that point. And the only reason I raised my hand and said, hey, I need some help, was I realized like I was drinking on the way into work. I was drinking on the way out of work. And I, I, just, I, I am unable to make good decisions anymore. And because it did, when I'm doing it, it didn't seem like it, it didn't even register that was a wrong move. Didn't even register. It was just like, yeah, drink, fix this, drive, go to the next place. And uh, so I raised my hand and said, hey, man, I don't know what the deal is, but 
I need help. I, I'm, I'm drinking uncontrollably. I'm putting people at risk. I'm now a risk to my team. And I said I would never put anybody's life in jeopardy. And I'm a liability if we have to go do anything operationally. And that was the, you know, the first time that I kind of raised my hand. And the unit was as supportive and helpful as somebody could possibly be without knowing what to do for somebody in that situation. You know what I mean? And so they were like, well, this is outside of our realm of expertise, so let's push you out to the different specialists, man. And, and then you get pushed out to having 13 different specialists, and I went to every you know, brain defense center that we had within the Department of Defense all over the country and wound up on 13 medications, forced to be medically retired, you know, labeled with 33 disabilities and said, you know, basically, hey, thanks for your service, but we can't use you anymore. So good luck. And now I'm on the street and I am non-functional. The medications that I was on had me non-functional. And it kind of comes in waves of three, man. And this was like uh, on the way out. So my wife was nine months pregnant. My 13-month-old boy had a, uh, this growth in his neck. You know, it was a major life-threatening illness. And then at the time, I was having this horrible calf pain. So I just thought it was a strain, no big deal. We go to pick up my mother-in-law because my wife is due uh, at the SeaTac airport, and we uh, are 13 months in the car. So we go and pick her up. We drive back to the house. It takes about an hour get back from the airport. By that time, uh, Jace had been sick, uh, you know, with a respiratory thing, and his neck had just blown up to like the size of a softball within the span of that trip. So thank God my mother-in-law was there to take care of our other kids. We go to the hospital immediately. And I, so we get Jace uh, triaged. Um, Becky goes into labor. And I'm like, listen, I'm the last on the totem pole here, but I am in excruciating pain because of my calf right here. Like, I, I can't think straight. It's that bad. You know what I mean? And I've been working with it for a while. So Jace goes into emergency surgery on the fifth floor. Becky goes into labor on the third floor. And I'm going back and forth between the fifth and the third. My leg has stopped working at that time. So I'm like dragging it with me to each place. Oh, and I'd been drinking all day um, and uh, had airplane whiskeys on me that I was like pouring in my Coke Zero in between. Uh, it's really not uh, funny, but I, you know, yeah. we, we, guys like us laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it is funny. Like that, yeah, yeah, and it wasn't like I was partying, man. That was like trying to cope with life, you know what I mean? mean like in a major situation and uh and so my wife uh gives birth to our boy jojo he's healthy they're good jace um comes out of that surgery he's okay then they move me into uh imaging uh, to look at my leg and they're like oh dear god you have a deep vein thrombosis a blood clot right. and it's broken off and it's in both lungs called a bilateral bilateral pulmonary embolism and there's about a there's yeah, about a 95 percent mortality rate good I, job yeah i mean that's a that's a good one bro <laughs> and i said if you're you think, gonna go big yeah i was like hey man i said if you think this shit's gonna kill me get in line yeah <laughs> yeah i'm taking a number that's yeah, what was no, happening no big deal yeah people don't know that too but you, you, your leg was basically having a stroke yeah where people think it only happens in the brain that's yep. not the case at all and then it broke loose went both bilateral that's yeah awesome yeah yeah it was awesome so literally Boys having emergency surgery in the fifth floor. Wife's giving birth in the third floor, and you I'm. Aren't gonna, hey, you're not. Gonna, you're not some pussy. She's like, hey, if everyone else is suffering, get some. That's how they feel. Hell yeah, you're man. Not half this. Hey, watch this. If everybody else is having a hard time, I'll give myself one. <laughs> Buy lats. If we're talking about Valium or anything out there, now would be the time. Yeah. If you're passing those out, that's hilarious. I'll take one. That's awesome. So how did I get on the track that I'm on now, man? Oh, do you have surgery on? I mean, they go in. What, they they, uh, they got blood cl uh, buster, blood clotting bus. Uh, okay, so they didn't have to do a femoral run. No, no, we were we were we were on our way into emergency surgery. You were already then, there, right? So and then at the last second, um, it, it got next and uh, ended up. I was in there for like two weeks, um, but uh, didn't have to have surgery. Thank God. I got a question. Yeah, send it. Since both y'all are in here on this. So when, when we're in the community, like we're surrounded by each other and 
we, we adapt to each other. So whatever guy walks in, if he's aggressive in this one, then you're, you're most aggressive. Like he'll teach you to be like that. Like we kind of adapt and adopt. Right. When I got out, I remember going through all that stuff you're talking about, but there shouldn't be a problem for any team guy or SF guy to handle anything in life because of what they send us to do. Mm-hmm. Even if, and if they told me my assignment was like your assignment, if you choose, you got to watch this lady, these kids, and you're going, we're going to, we're sending you to suburbia. Can you deal with that? Can you deal with that? Yeah, but nobody's doing that. No, I know. This is how I do it in my head. Like, I started watching the same movies over and over again. Nothing. I wouldn't let anything else in. Just the ones that kind of carved us, right? Mm-hmm. So even in my worst state, I thought that that was the state I was supposed to be in. Like, this was the life. And as I was sitting in there going, all right, <clears throat> that's my assignment. I'm supposed to be a husband. I could do that. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, I would play that to the bone. I, I had to switch it in my head. Like, I never got out. Mm-hmm. Just to deal with what, you, what you're telling all the other guys, what, what everyone else goes through, I didn't have anybody telling me that. Right. So I had to trick myself. Right. I was like, okay, I never got out. My assignment was to do the book thing, and then I got assigned to Hollywood. I had to live in there as an undercover asset, and I just kept going because then it would be a job all the time. And I think what happens is when they separate us from the guys and you go, you adapt to whatever's there. And if it's all feminine... <laughs> I mean, I came back away from them guys, and not normally you could go back to them and check back in, but they leave. Not only mm-hmm. that, they won't talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like our teammates don't talk to us when we get out, mm-hmm. and that's just a thing. It's nothing personal. That's just how it is. Well, right? the trend didn't stop moving. It, you correct. Know what I mean, right? you so get when off, we go out, they don't like, stop. You have an innate resiliency about you. You know, I, I think most most of us probably do. It doesn't say anything from the guys who aren't able uh, to do that because a lot of people they get in this compromised state they can't think clearly they can you know that that doesn't happen you were able to get your shit in line and say okay man like what 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 do i got to do i I did similar things you know what i mean like uh, i would ask i talked to the guys too that was my thing yeah i didn't have it figured out at all i I would just kind of think i was like because everyone else was i was the first one punched out kind of deal you know what i mean and i was Mm kind of sitting there going i couldn't tell him this I was like, hey, bro, I'm kind of, there's some weird stuff going over here. Because <laughs> yeah. you got enough going on as it is. No, right. I mean, why would you even drop that on there? Like, like if we were on two different missions, I wouldn't be like, you ain't going to believe what I got to deal with because mm-hmm. we just don't do that. But then when you hear guys coming out and I'm like, oh, I remember that. I remember having to go through that. Yep. And that's what, this is what I did. Then it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> or then I'd be like, oh, hey, this is what I did. And it, and it did for, 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 for me because mm-hmm. we're, the, we're, we're the same. Mm-hmm. We've, We've been trained in the same capacity. We've been switched over. And once, once that happens, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's just a training thing. Mm-hmm. Just define what it is that you want to be and start being that. So it was my boy, Jace, man, he went through like a half a dozen uh, surgeries. It was just a brutal time. So I'm going through all, all the, the things that, that we were dealing with that I was dealing with specifically. I'm on my way out the door. So I have a complete loss of identity. I, I, I just thought life was over. What am, I, what am I supposed to do when I was meant to do this? You know, I meant to lead men in battle. That's it. I don't, I, there's no other use for me. You know, that's how I was looking at it at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm losing my cognitive abilities. I have no control over my emotions. And, you know, I'm in chronic, I'm in physical pain nonstop, no different than anybody else. And, um, but I just, everything I felt was being ripped from me. I thought I was being treated unfairly to throw, you know, uh, gas on the fire. My boy's been put through the ringer. Everything we talked about, I could deal with personally. Watching your own child suffer and having them not know why, that's, there's nothing worse than that. And uh, so it was at his last major surgery. He's in a child children's hospital. He's in the ICU. And I'm in there. And I just popped the last allotment that I ever took. And I followed it with the airplane bottle of whiskey. And I had this like epiphany that this clarity of mind as I'm looking down at him. And I realized in that moment that I was of no value to him or my family in the condition that I was in. And if I continued on that same track, you know, it was going to kill me. But, but worse than that, man, it was going to ruin the things that I said that I loved in my life. So right then and there at Jace's bedside, as, as I'm as true as I'm standing here, I promised my boy and myself three things. Number one, I was going to return to the man of my pre-injury status. Number two, I was going to find a way to come off all the medication that I was told I would have to be on for the rest of my life. And at that point, I didn't care what mountain I had to climb, what wall I had to go over, how much money it cost, what anybody said about it, just irrelevant. 
Those two things, non-negotiable. And the third one was, after I accomplished number one and number two, I was going to turn around and spend the rest of my life helping out other people just like myself in similar situations like my family was in to get through it and get on the other side. And those three took me from one line of time, and it put me in a new line of time. And I had a new purpose, and even though I had, none of my problems were fixed, I had a now, I had a compass, and I had a direction, and I had a destination. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I was moving, and I was moving that way. And that was enough to pull me from one area into another. And that's when I then I went all over the country, every brain treatment center there was. If they would have said sleep with the rattlesnake, I would have slept with the rattlesnake. It didn't matter to me, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, tell fine things that, that worked. And um, so that was, that was the path that put me out there. And it literally bankrupted uh, my wife and I because we had to pay for all that out of pocket. I had to take leave to go and get medical help because they wouldn't support it. Um, and it was the best decision that we ever made. You know what I mean? Absolute best decision that we've ever made. And we've I've, I've come full circle and we're blessed beyond compare uh, now. But at the time, you know, it was just, again, I didn't care what we had to do. And she was in it with me 100% and we, when we moved out. Uh, I spent some time at Carrick Brain Center. They did a write-up on that. Dr. Gordon read it. He's a uh, neuroendocrinologist out of L.A., and uh, he got in touch with me and he said, listen, man, here's my credentials. Um, here's what we've been doing for the last nine years. Um, we have an incredible track record of being able to identify and treat the symptoms of traumatic brain injury. And he sent me a couple of podcasts to listen to that he had been on. And at that time, I didn't even know what a podcast was. It sounded like some space word. I'm like, what the fuck's a podcast? Okay, I'll listen to it. And I listened to it, and I listened to him talk, and I listened to some of the people that he had on, and he explaining all the problems that I'm currently living. It's another uh, military guy. And then Mark's saying, hey, we can identify all that that's going on in the brain in real time and we can identify the underlying condition, and then we can work on correcting that underlying condition. And when you do that, you give somebody the ability to, to heal. The body has this innate ability to heal itself, but it needs to be in the right environment. And this was the first time I had ever heard anybody talk this way. And it was basically like, listen, head injury leads to inflammation. Inflammation then leads to your neurosteroids produced in the brain. Steroids are produced both in the brain and in the body. This wasn't even known until 1985. Nobody in the military is following this. Steroids produced in the brain because of that inflammation now becomes deficient. That chemistry that runs the brain and the body now becomes deficient. How that manifests is things that we label as anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, uh, memory issues, all these other things. Therefore, if we can identify that and fix those, the body will come back online. And when that was applied to me, well, since 2015, I'm symptom and medication free. I'm performing as good, if not better than my pre-injury status. And that's not special or unique to me. We've replicated that hundreds of times with the organization, thousands of times through his, his Millennium Health Centers. So it's, it's follows the scientific method. Can we, can we, you know, predict, measure and replicate? hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, and that's been the path that's got me from where I was in SF to where we are today. Tell us about your foundation. That was just it. Like we wanted to support other people in the, having the same, same issues. And, um, and so we started that in 2015. And since that, my brother and I co-founded my, so my brother, Adam was Apache pilot, Apache commander. So, uh, four boys, uh, the, the younger three, we all went in the army, all deployed during the same time span. Um, and That's we're cool. all two years apart. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother was a aviation commander. So he Actually, was, there's a bunch of y'all apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Family wide. Huh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of family deal. It's a family deal. Um, so, and oddly enough, none of our parents were in the military growing up, but we came from super patriotic families. Like growing up in my house. Grandpa or? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Well, no, our, uh, our grandpa was in, uh, who died when our, my mom was like six, was in the Korean War. So my mom was one of seven, and uh, she grew up with, uh, you know, obviously he died when uh, she was young. And she's as tough as Texas, tough, you know, just tough as nails, yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. But all, all, the, 
all the grandkids turned out to be special ops, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. No, I saw him about my brother, man. I, I can't talk about it without talking about him. He resigned his commission in the military, left all of that. Re not only did he resign, resign a commission, turned down a uh, promotion from 03 to 04, resigned his commission, left to help me get back on my feet and start the, start the foundation. So we started that in 2015, and since that time, I think we're up to supporting over 500 individuals um, since then with similar stories like mine. So again, like we've been able to identify, replicate the whole thing. So if you're listening out there, man, check out our website, waftbi.org. We've got a whole team there. They can field your questions, uh, talk to you about our program, and, and uh, see if it might be the right fit for you. But uh, And there's just a wealth of information on our uh, website as well. So um, we have a, a number of different modalities that we're have, uh, administered or brought into our, you know, uh, treatment pipeline. That's somebody they, they come out and see you and go through the, so to speak. No, the great thing about it is, man, um, it was through the, through the telemedicine model. We can see people wherever they're at. Um, so they don't, they don't have to be, uh, moved out of their geographical location, um, to, to get on with us. And the foundation pays for their treatments. Mm -hmm. oh. Yep. This, this is off your own kind of your, the pipeline that you had to go through in life, right? Yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the best because we're the ones that test it, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing gets put out there that I haven't personally done and it's not just evidence-based and, and backed by science. So even though it's not mainstream, a lot of these things, they, these are well, well within the confines of science and, you know, evidence-based and just producing some miraculous turnarounds. Like, I'm here, I'm living proof. And again, that's not special or specific to me. We've done this hundreds of times. Partnering with Dr. Gordon has really yeah. moved the needle forward for you guys, not only with foundation, but just getting the word out, an applicable word mm -hmm. in the veteran space. It, I mean, it transcends veteran space, like we said. But you guys have been on the Rogan Experience. You've got the documentary. You've got your book, his book. Talk a little bit about y'all's relationship. Uh, the man saved my life. Uh, one of my twins is is named after him, you know, and I, you know, I think he's he's never said this, but I'm like the son he's never had, you know, type of deal. We weren't looking for each other. Things in life just bring certain things together, and this is just one of them, you know, fate, if you will. We were meant to be together. We were meant to do this supportive effort. I don't know what the future holds, but I I can't speak highly enough about the man because. You know, he hasn't financially benefited, you know, from any of this. He just felt like I did. This was the right thing to do. Like, we knew things to be truth, and it was up to us to go out there and to speak on this. When I was going through the things that I was going through, nobody in my unit understood any of, the, uh, any of these things. Neuroinflammation wasn't even a concept that was ever brought up, although, although they were happy to put me on 13 medications. You know what I mean? And there was no objective measurement for that. That was some psychs subjective recommendation based off of, I don't know what, 30 minutes with me in a room. Nonsense, especially when you think about all of the disastrous side effects that those cause That's for what so I call many PTSD, people. PTSD, pharmaceutical training, standby for dosage. Because, man, you go in there and they're just freaking... Yeah. It's yeah. like they were quarantined, like, like a cocoon phase. Yeah. It's just like drooling all, all over yourself. Like they, yeah, it's disaster. They couldn't explain what was going down, so then they would just dampen it. Mm-hmm. Deaden yeah. it. Well, that's more dangerous having one of us walked around walking around with our minds confused as opposed to wired up. Yeah, hundred percent, man. And I, I, I was curious as to like when we, a lot of times we think we're not in control of our emotions, and or and or, I remember going through that, or is it we're so in tune with them that whatever is around us, because we can feel our buddies when they walk in, you just absorb that, mm -hmm. like even with your kids mm -hmm. and your wife, if they're having a hard day, we just we would know it. And it's just a different type of emotion because it's a different type of human being we're, de we're dealing with. We're not dealing with the guys we normally, uh, on the day-to-day, -day, especially those of us that weren't married. Mm -hmm. And removing us from that and encapsulating us into an environment that only has kids and, and you know, the wife and y y your neighbor that you, didn't, you, you, know, you never even met kind of deal. 
It's an adjustment, man. For, it, for, it is, right? For sure, yeah. Especially because no, you're never ready for that. No. Especially when it wasn't of your own volition. It was like, okay, you're out. What? <laughs> yeah, right, right, What right. now? Like, People not even think thinking about how to like be that. in the world. Yeah. They're, like, they're like, hey, is this a kind of transition out and out? It ain't like at the, at the office, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Zero. Yeah, there was zero transition. Me. Yeah, they took your ID. It's like later. Yeah. Right. That's crazy, man. Hey, are you are you good talking with about what we got going on now? Yeah, hundred percent. With everything that you went through with Doctor Gordon, and where that brought you, I'm assuming there was that one thing you couldn't put your finger on that took you down there. Same thing for me, I'm sure. Am I speaking the right language? Yeah. So I'm, I don't think many people know this, but so Andrew and I, we go back. We got into the neuroscience space at the exact same time, more or less, right after he retired. And I was just kind of coming out of grad school. And as we were watching the landscape develop on treatment modalities that are in the realm of cognitive instabilities and physical rehabilitations, there's always been this one thing. Now, when, I, when we talk about this one thing, it's one of those times where the science, technology, and medicine r- reaches a crossroad with spirituality maybe is the best way I can say that okay yeah where there's sure. something that there's not a descriptive and you have to take a leap of faith he and I testified uh, two weeks three weeks ago and then a, a week a week after that um, at the Texas legislature on a groundbreaking research study that we're trying to get a bill passed across for microdosing psychedelic plant-based medications for cognitive therapeutics. And when we say the word psychedelics and things of that nature, it's people really turn their nose up at it and it scares a lot of people off. And I'm honestly not embarrassed to say about it because the research is there. And I did research for, for years on this just to see if there was any validity. But after sharing, seeing the sheer numbers of guys in the special warfare community and veterans alike going outside the American borders to get these treatments and what they're receiving and how they're coming back. It, it It's a no brainer. So we, so Andrew and I testified on the, in front of the health and human services committee about the validity of it. And it passed unanimously. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that. Now it's moving to the Senate to see if it can go forward. And that'll be a VA, I think in Baylor university, study yep. for psilocybin, microdosing psilocybin with veterans with post-traumatic stress, anxiety or disorders. That's House Bill 1802 for anybody who wants to look into that tech under the Texas current legislature. Yeah, and you can call your senator and say, hey, I'm, and, and give your yay or nay on it. Yep, let Cause them know. Because they're listening. But anyway, I circle back. I digress a little bit. Like you, brother, there was that one thing, no matter – and. I took the journeys around. I tried everything, and there was that one. It came to that one thought. I could not put my finger on it. So I took the leap and went outside the, the borders as well and, mm-hmm. and, and had my um, my journey or my experience, if you will. And it was a life-changing event. Yeah. And I fully backed this effort 100%. I guess you're not in the same boat after having discussions. but Yeah. Hundred percent. I was up in uh, New York City in the summer of 2016. That was my first time ever being up there, and I don't really care to go back. But um, we were making our way to go meet up with somebody, and we got out of out of the cab, and it was like I got hit physically, like boom, like with a wave, an actual physical reaction, even though there was nothing there. And I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. And uh, we start continuing to walk, and like I'm sensing like an energy field. That's all the only way I can I can describe it. And I felt something like that when I was in the killing fields in Cambodia, or for anybody out there that's ever been in a firefight. There's a distinct feeling right before shit goes down. Usually, it's just out there. That information is being exchanged non-verbally <laughs> in the air. <laughs> that is an amazing like way a human to describe that. Amazing way to describe that. Right, right. That's great. So I start walking, man, and I start becoming emotional. And then I realize I look around and we were at the footprint of where the towers fell. And that was the first time ever it dawned on me the 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 gravity of that place in time and space and how that changed so many people's lives. 
I had never even given that a moment of thought. How that affected me, my family, so much. You guys, the, everybody that's involved, whatever side they were on. And man, I, at that moment, could start feeling the, the energy of people who were having to jump out of buildings and, you know, deal with all that. And that was the first time that I really thought, like, I think there's things that, uh, that are unsaid and that are outside of my conscious control that I need to be able to confront. Except I didn't know how to go and navigate that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm ready to go and confront whatever I need to confront. I just don't know how to get there. You know what I mean? And so that kind of led the, the, set the stage, if you will, for me to be kind of open to getting in this arena. So another uh, SEAL doc uh, that, that we're friends with and close to uh, was telling me about his experience. Um, and before, I had never even, you know, like psychedelics. I'm like, what, what are you talking about, man? But he had had such a profound experience, and he said he'd seen it with a number of other operators, and he thought that it would be beneficial to me that I said, okay, let's do it. And this is in, this is August 6th of 2016. I remember it because it was like dying and being reborn again. That was an actual, that was an actual physical thing that happened. And um, the substance that I used at that time was 5-MeO-DMT. And you, and you inhale that, you smoke it. Um, and that was the absolute most profound experience of my life. Um, I went back and it, I... I, I I wasn't having difficulties with anything that I had done in combat. I have zero issues with that. Zero. And um, what I didn't was why what I was not able to articulate was the heavy load and the the price of the burden that I took on willingly, how that affected me and everything around me. And I needed to go back and I needed to relive. I was able to relive some very intense situations. But I saw it from a higher plane of awareness. With it was more objective, and I could feel other people how they were dealing with these situations. And I, I got to visit with some some of the dead and speak with their families. And I realized, you know, the emotional toll that being in combat for all of my children's births, you know, what that had on me. Just things that we didn't. I didn't know how to consciously bring up and and issue any type of resolution to. And this allowed, this gave me the stage to be able to, to do that. Um, but, but, you know, it, there's a lot more to the experience than that. Like before, man, like when I, when I inhaled, it was like I was strapped to a rocket ship. And that thing was just going boom through. And I was like holding on like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die. And uh, then I was like, all right, man, let it, you're, this is it. Let it go. I was like, this can't, this can't be sustainable. I'm, I'm gone. And, and then boom, popped, popped out. And what I realized on the other side of it was I was going through the, the world that I knew. Then I was going through the known unknowns. And then I popped into the unknown unknown. And I like physically layers through like atmosphere boom i'm in the known 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 unknown this is unknown unknown because there are not words to describe the things that i experienced in that level and state of consciousness any identification of the self completely evaporated i was pure awareness where i became i understood the interconnectedness of all things and i was engulfed in the, and a part of this intelligent love that was the most sublime state I think one could ever hope to experience. And I just lived in that. There was no concept of time. It was just pure being. And it's not nothing visual. It was just a state of experience and feeling. And, you know, how long I was there felt like eternities in, you know, linear time, 25 minutes. And uh, I came back to the body and I was a forever a changed man, you know, from that point going forward. And uh, so able to go back and, and heal 
damaged relationships, you know, from a point of compassion and non-judgment, no, you know, feelings of retribution or, or anything like that. My cognitive ability seemed to be improved. My um, ability to, communica uh, to communicate, to be uh, my creativity, just all these secondary benefits that you never even think of. And that's continued on, you know, and so that was my first introduction to that. And that was through Dr. Martin Polanco. That was in 2016. So then I think I met the Compones in 2017 or 2018. Um, and we became friends. And then uh, I actually went through uh, the, their pipeline in Mexico. I think it was in 2019 or 2020. And it's a funny story. I was going down there to support one of the guys that we sent down there. And uh, Martin was like, nope, you're going too. Uh, so I was like, all right, man, set it up. And, uh, you know, that was another profound experience. But I think I, so that was where I understood like this could be something that could be so pivotal for combat veterans. You know what I mean? Because, you know, what they say that the what the microscope is to biology and what the uh, what is the one that you look out to telescope, telescope is, <laughs> is to uh, astrology. astrology. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that psychedelics is to human psychology. You know what I mean? Or it could be that magnifying glass in there. So I think that that is what we're looking to do scientifically through our latest work and supporting, you know, the current effort, because I think it is groundbreaking. Uh, I'm excited Texas is doing it, man. And I think we're just scratching the surface of what we can we can get, get done and accomplish, you know, with these modalities, which are natural substances that exist in nature that have been used for this type of thing for millennia. Uh, a lot of times the questions we get is how you, this is a gateway. How do you, are you concerned it's going to be a runaway train? People are going to take advantage of it like they did in the sixties. And of the hundred plus individuals I've talked to, this was the most miserable experience of their entire lives. And I have not met one that ever said, I w they've always said, I will never mm -hmm. ever go through something like that again, but it gave me everything I needed. How many people like to die? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Because that's what it, you go through a, de a death, <laughs> a real oh, emotional, man. spiritual death. That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me do that on the weekend. <laughs> Call your buddies, man. Yeah, Let's yeah. get together. Uh, not a recreational experience. What are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody interested in uh, going facing death again? What are you doing? <laughs> and, and again, it's where science and, and spirituality converge and there's no there's no explanation because everybody's experience is is different yep. you address those things that need to be addressed internally i've heard i've heard it's 20 years of therapy in a couple of days you know the list goes on and on as far as the residual long-term effects they've statistically been very high but the negatives is there's no addiction or long-term negative side effects after these these experiences with this plant-based medicine. Mm -hmm. And the reason for pattern interruption for addiction and having phenomenal success. With I read that a report well. there was eighty-five percent success rate of getting individuals off a of heroin addiction because yeah. it sweeps the receptors clean. Yep. And you're telling me why we haven't moved forward on this? And again, like you said, it's been it's it's been utilized in other continents for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And I was against it. I mean, th this kind of stuff was hitting my desk when I was in school. And then when I got up to the, the DOE and researchers were coming across, hey, look, we need to take a hard look at these these microdosings. So I was like, nope, negative, not into that. Yeah. Mm -mm, no way. And then That's not very scientific. I know. Morgan. It's, it's kind of biased on my <laughs> part. And it wasn't until some of my closest friends and teammates had opened up a conversation about their experiences where I really took a hard look at it. Yeah. And because there was a couple of those guys where, hey, look, if you say two plus two is five, guess what? It, it fucking is. Mm -hmm. And they said, and I knew, I had seen things that they had gone through and how that weight they carried. Mm -hmm. And then when you see them again, they're just so full of life and zeal. It's, you're like, okay, there's something, there's something here. Because every one of them said, hey, you know, look, I will never, ever, do this again, where, you know, hey, they were, they were, they were animals, right? Yeah. So again, something to be said 
And we have to go back when we headed back up there for the Senate. Senate will be, uh, we're in May now. It'll be second or third week. This uh, month, right? Yeah. Okay. This month, and then I think we're back in June with the governor. Yeah, House Bill House Bill 1802. A matter of fact, an uh, uh, individual out of New York contacted me, and uh, we're helping support similar legislation up there. So I think this will be a domino where a lot of things fall if, if over. If it passes here, because yeah. there's one other one in the states, I think they said it was in Oregon. Yeah, Oregon, but that's a completely different ballgame because it's like a decrim. Oh, okay. Legalize, you know. Uh, oh, they're going where, full tilt on it. Where we're just like, hey, let yeah, let let's put this through the scientific rigor. You know, let's do a clinical study on it. Let's publish the research and let's see what the science shows. You know, at the end of that, we'll assess and decide if we want to go forward or not. I don't, that that seems to me like a pretty logical way to go about things. Absolutely, <laughs> I think yeah, do it right. Yeah, we know so much more than we and everybody like. Well, you know, you do the sixties. This, hey, look that you know. That was 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're different now. Well, the research got shut down, man. The hard stone wall went up, it you did, know? Yeah. And so Quickly. you have to question, why Why is that? Uh, I'll throw it out there, man. These things aren't patentable. So that brings up, that's going to be a whole other issue that we're going to, I guarantee you we're going to run into. Oh, yeah, because money. that fight will that fight will come. Yeah, so money. No one's going to get about market yeah. share. Somebody's going to try to make this a synthetic, sellable, you know, like a, Mm-hmm. Capitalize on the on the wealth of it because of the substantial effects it has in a positive way. Because this could literally push a lot of things right off the market. Mm-hmm. So big farm is going to try to jump all over it, and you can't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you have the way they're the way it's done. You, there's no way. There's always a way, but I don't see it. Well, the the representative that brought this to brought the you know sponsored the bill, man, he said it great. He's like, you know what? There's only two FDA approved treatment medications for you know what we're calling PTS, and you know it's these two antidepressants, and they don't even test better than placebos, and they cause disastrous side effects. He's like, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, we're not we're not even willing to take a look at something else. That's that should be criminal. That's how dated this is. There's there's two cognitive processing therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and S- selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are only treatments for these deep anxiety, post traumatic stress issues. That we're yeah. Seeing. Did anybody test if my serotonin was actually deficient? Never. No, never. Serotonin, cortisol, test estrogens, vitamin deficiencies, heavy metals. I mean. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on. I, just, I don't know, understand why they've taken a blind eye, but that's they we're in transitional period right now, mm-hmm. that's, which is a good thing. And you're, by all means, a voice. And Amber and Marcus's the their nonprofit vets, vets yeah, um, veterans exploring treatment solutions, treatments exploring treatment yeah. solutions, which they were on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And they're a big advocate on helping um, get through legislation on this. Yeah, they're phenomenal people. They've become like family to us. Has has a uh, Rogan reached back out to you anytime recently? Because you know he's a big advocate of mm-hmm. of plant based medicine. I hear from him a couple times. That we've been going on the show since 2015. Yeah, so like I four hear, or five episodes, right? Yeah. So I we we keep in contact. I talked to him a couple times a year. He was a obviously he was in the film and was a huge supporter. He's just been a biggest supporter of everything we've been doing. Good dude. Yeah, yeah great dude. Show oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great guy. I've known him for a while. I buddied up with him a while back. Uh, that when UFC was jammed. Yeah, UFC was jammed pretty hard. Joe's cool, man, because he's like what you he's kinda like a like a team guy. He's just like That's what I thought too. Yeah. I, I, you know, he was coming I got I got that total vibe from him. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I get along. He's just chill, likes to hunt and just finally got him to Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So uh yeah. You saw the writing on the wall. Hell yeah. It's like <laughs> I called him during quarantine. I was like, you better get your ass out of here. <laughs> I was like, uh man, everybody, if you're in the uniform, get to Texas. So what's uh, what do you got? What's going on next, buddy? I mean, you're you're killing it with your foundation. You're really leading the way for the change in how we look and treat veterans, first responders, mm-hmm. just being a husband and a daddy. Uh, well, that that's you know, hey, you know, that's one of the main things I identify with: a husband and a father. Hundred, you know, I have seven kids. It's oh, um, awesome. You know what? What an awesome responsibility to help cultivate. Uh, <laughs> you know, the next generation. <laughs> that's a hell of a garden. Hundred percent, man. So there's nothing more. There's no bigger job. What's the space? If you don't mind me asking, didn't With, mean to interrupt. The age space. Uh, so our oldest is twenty, and then our twins are three. Good <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so we were batshit crazy over at the Mar House and have been for some oh, yeah. time. <laughs> three year olds. Are they identical twins? They are not fraternal. fraternal. Yeah. And hey, and they are 
as different as night and day. <laughs> Probably are that, actually. <laughs> you know, you know what, what I mean? mean? Like, yeah. Same as... Split right down the middle. Yeah. I, I mean, diametrically opposed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, uh, man, we're doing live... Uh, Mark is going to come down. Actually, he just uh, purchased a, a home here in, in the area. We're going to set up a actual clinic um, in uh, Montgomery County, and we're going to continue our work here. Um, oh, we good. I don't have to go somewhere. I can go you. Yeah, yeah. We're going to open up a clinic here, and uh, I got a lot of other entrepreneurial endeavors. We're, I'm just getting started. We're just getting started. The mi our mission just haven't even started yet. That's man. awesome. You live right around here. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have some I fun just, now. Uh, hell yeah. We're just getting started in life, man. Like, you know what I mean? That's what I tell everybody. It's like first forty years, man. It's supposed to be tough. This is like, you know, like hard training. Yeah. Now we get to go out and, and absolutely and do, and do this you know, part. And you know, you guys have been uh, having your hand in all the all the political stuff, and I'm kind of got got in pulled in that mix. But uh, we need people like ourselves, the best of the generation, to help this country move forward. We need to we need to play a bigger role in there. I'm, I never would have thought that before, but that's how I'm seeing things now. And um, so however that folds, it folds, it unfolds, it unfolds. What can our listeners do to support you guys? Uh, man, if anyone more inform information about the organization, waftbi.org, um, all of the nutraceuticals that have been clinically verified in uh, our, our treatment uh, plans, you can purchase online or you can donate there on the site. Nice. How about social media? You guys on social media channels? Yeah, we got all the different social medias. I personally don't participate, but uh, for those who do, uh, they're all out there. It's on the website, sweet. <laughs> all of them. All of them. <laughs> yeah, damn. Yeah, thanks for having me out, guys. Yeah, thank good. you. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you drove out here, bro. It's great, great to see you. Yeah. Yeah, it's always better to do things in person. Ah, you know what I mean? I wanted to meet you anyways, man. Yeah. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the show. We can't thank you guys enough for tuning in every single week. If you want to support us, Head on over to patreon.com slash team never quit. That's how we are able to put these shows out every single week. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. Make sure you follow us on social media, teamneverquit.com slash social. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Can't wait to do it again. We'll see you guys next week.